Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Wine and Spirits Exhibition. The 54th edition of Vinitali was held from the 10th to the 13th of April. If you missed it, don't worry. Go to vinitaliplus.com for on-demand recordings of all the sessions from the exhibition. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Okay, welcome everybody. My name is Stevie Kim. This is the Italian Wine Club at Clubhouse, and this is our Ambassador's Corner. Ciao, Kevin. Ciao. How are you, Kevin? Oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. How are you, Stevie? Okay, I just want to um, introduce you to Kevin. Kevin Di Lucente. He's our um, Armand for today. Are you, are you Italian? Have you got any Italian origin? Uh, yes. Uh, so technically, uh, I qualify for dual citizenships uh, based on my father's uh, family. So you are, where, where's your dad from? Oh, my dad, my dad is from uh, here in the States, but his grandfather was from uh, Abruzzo. Oh, okay. So uh, do you speak Italian as well? I try. <laughs> I've been studying for the past uh, several years, and I have a couple of Italian tutors that I have lessons with every week, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't consider myself an excellent speaker. So let me just um, introduce you folks to Kevin De Lucente. He is our Italian wine ambassador. He did our course in July of last year in New York City edition, and he came late. I think he was one of the last ones to kind of stroll in, and he had with him this very, um, you know, Tiffany Teal vase with him. I was like, who is this dude? Do you want to tell them, uh, our audience, what that was all about? Well, that was a pretty generous description of what I actually brought in. Uh, <laughs> in actuality, it was a uh, garbage can that I bought from a Bed Bath & Beyond on 6th Avenue. So one of, the, one of the criteria was for the tasting center to allow us to be there. We needed to bring our own spit buckets because obviously COVID times. And I had flown in from Buffalo and realized, oh, I don't really have a, a good way to pack something, so I need to buy something when I arrive. So I'm just like, you know, using my uh, my brain to figure out what uh, what I could possibly come up with as a solution. I said, well, there's a Bed Bath and Beyond, and then I went in and I shopped uh, for a garbage can. Yeah, that was I it was it was hilarious. I was like. He's such a clown, you know, and I was like, I hope he passes. I hope he studied. And it turns out that, ladies and gentlemen, he was actually the best of the class. He performed, outperformed everybody. So congratulations to Kevin. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Verona. You are coming as a judge for Five Star Wines. It's your first time, right? Yes, it is. 
I'm excited. So, Kevin, listen, you you have a job. You have a real job, right? Day job, besides yes. drinking and representing Italian wine. I uh, I have been lucky enough to be in the wine industry since 2009, um, but presently I work for Winebow here in the U.S. and I've been here at Winebow for almost eight years now. So. And what is your? Are you doing the Italian wine portfolio? What what is your specialty? No, I'm just a standard issue, plain Jane uh, sales rep. Okay. All right. And you're in Ohio? No, I'm in uh, Buffalo, New York, Western New York. Uh, Buffalo, New York, yes. I don't know why I thought you were from Ohio. All right. So listen, Kevin, welcome to the Ambassador's Corner. So you know your job today is to moderate your favorite wine producer, Giacomo Colombera, for today. And why did you choose uh, Giacomo Colombera? Well, for, for multiple reasons, obviously, I really, really am a huge fan of the wines, but I also like, I like the region as a whole, and, and uh, it kind of like plays to my, you know, where I'm from in Buffalo, New York, we're kind of an underdog city in both uh, economics and our sports teams, and it would appear that well, the Alto Well, what is Piemonte, the underdog region we're talking about, just so that the others are... The Alto Piemonte. Um, Alto Piemonte. And, and really not underdog in, in the same sense, but like it once was a very, uh, you know, a, a great region and, and the production was much higher. And now, it you know, the production is much smaller, but it's still great. So just a smaller uh, region um, that uh, still produces excellent quality, similar to Buffalo being a smaller region, still producing uh, excellent, um, you know, people and and culture, why not? I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, you know, it maybe is a little bit of a stretch, but it does. I, I, I was searching for some parallels, and I think that that kind of, uh, for me, is, is what hit the home, home the most. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, Alto Piemonte is um, analogous to Buffalo, New York. So <laughs> you that, heard that's it a good here. Takeaway. Yeah, that's a good takeaway. So what is the name of the winery? Oh, uh, Colombera e Garella. Okay, already. And so, uh, and what are we expecting to learn as as a student, as an Italian wine student, from your call today with Giacomo? Well, uh, definitely all from Giacomo's perspective. I wanted to learn uh, about the region as a whole and kind of start uh, with this larger lens and, and kind of get smaller and smaller as we go along in the conversation. And then learn about the, the estate itself, the estate's history and philosophy, and to learn about the native grapes and what the specific, uh, you know, wines taste like and, and have fun. Okay, so just before I pass it over to you, Kevin, with Giacomo, I just wanted to let the audience know that we are coming back also the day after tomorrow for uh, Italian Wine Club, and that's Tomaseta Perniciaro. It's a marathon this week, um, Micah's trying to kill me. She'll be interviewing Mariolina Bacelleri. And then we also have another interview with uh, Sarah Bray, and she'll be um, interviewing tomorrow. That's on the Italian Wine, not Italian Wine Club, but on the Wine Business Club. And that, that's where Sarah Bray will be interviewing Barbara Widmer of Rankaya. So if you're confused, just go on my avatar and you, if you click below, it's it's the other club that you will see. It's the Wine Business Club. Okay, and then um, I think the last, last, very last, one last 
Ambassador's Corner that we'll be doing before the Vinatilly Marathon, because as you know, Five Star Wine starts with the 1st of April, yes, April Fool's Day. So that means we're on, on, on from the 31st of March. So the 30th will be our last Ambassador's Corner. We're taking just before the hiatus, you know, for the Vinatilly Marathon. So we'll be off for two weeks. Is that correct, Laika? Yep, that's right. Laika, how are you feeling? Uh, all good. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, that's um, that's okay. She's good. a bit under the weather, so um, <laughs> she's at home today. Okay. All right, Kevin, take it away. Now I'll be back if um, should there be any questions in the end. You know, there's a new function now. I don't know if you guys uh, realized, but there's also a chat box. If you do have a question, we can also um, you can send it anytime. You don't have to wait till the end. There is a chat box that we can we can access to. Okay. So see you later. Ciao, Kevin. Ciao. So I'd like to start by introducing Giacomo. I have a nice little bio to share with you all uh, in case you're unfamiliar. Giacomo Columbera was born in the wine region of the Alto Piemonte in 1992. So he's he's still quite young compared to at least myself. <laughs> uh, he began his studies at the University of, of Viticulture and Enology of Alba in 2010, where he first made attempts as a winemaker. And in the same year, uh, the winery Colombera e Garella project was established with Cristiano Garella. Giacomo has been a winemaker to uh, Colombera e Garella since 2015. So almost as long as I've been at Winebo, you've been there. Ciao, Giacomo. Ciao, ciao, Kevin. Ciao. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to me today. I'm, I'm really a huge fan of your wines, and I know we've never met in in person in real life, and I've never been to the winery, but I feel like I've visited the winery so many times in uh, in drinking the wines uh, and enjoying them. Thank you, thank you, thank you for for everything. Thank you. I can say that I first had um, I first had your uh, Vespolina. Uh, I was on a vacation down in Charleston, South Carolina, which is uh, a state south of where I am now. And I was in this small restaurant called Renzo, and it was mm-hmm. when I was starting my my studies with Vin Italy, and and trying to seek out the native grapes of Italy. And and when I saw the Vespolina, I said I have to get a bottle of that, and uh, immediately enjoyed it. And uh, I turned around the bottle on the back, and I looked, and I saw that your U.S. importer lists their address as Buffalo, New York. So it was almost serendipity that brought us together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Portovino is our importer. He's in Buffalo, and uh, yeah, Vespolina is our uh, last wine. And uh, the idea of Vespolina is to make a fresh wine uh, typical from our region, uh, but for drinking. Not uh, it's uh, it's for fun. It's for drinking. It's uh, with uh, in Italy it's aperitivo, so it's uh, it's spicy and uh, with a good acidity. So the idea is to make a Fresh wine for understand uh, our region. Uh, Vespolina it's uh, uh, one of the our typical varieties. So it's uh, it's, it's typical from our region. is uh, is uh, cultivated here in Alto Piemonte, and uh, I think it's a it's a good bottle for understand the region. Terrific. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that and the other grapes later. So uh, let's give the listeners uh, maybe a little bit of an understanding of the Alto Piemonte. Um, as a region, and perhaps talk a little bit about the history of the region. I know that there's uh, a time in the 1800s where there was many, many more vineyards planted. So what happened mm-hmm. from, from then 
until today where there's there's probably more vineyards planted than there were you know 50 60 years ago but there's still not as many as there once was so if you could share a little bit about that history now, now the the situation is totally different than the, the situation in the beginning of the 90s uh, in the beginning of the 90s uh, uh, alto piemonte was a, a region with a lot of uh, vineyard i think we, we talk about 40,000 hectares now we are around uh, 2000 3000 hectares so it's totally different uh, number of uh, of vineyard and uh, was different uh, because now all the vineyard is uh, the, the the maximum part of the vineyard is uh, worked by uh, a producer of uh, wine in bottle in the past uh, uh, all the people have uh, all the people have a small vineyard for produce wine for uh, the family and uh, uh, was was typical to work uh, uh, in the in the vineyard then in the after the first world war year uh, and after the second world war the, this region was famous for different things uh, here in my city in biella uh, was famous for the wool industry so a lot of people stopped to work in the vineyard because working in the vineyards was uh, not easy and uh, was difficult for uh, make money so it's easier to work in the in the industry, and this is the reason because a lot of people abandon the the vineyard. In around the 90s or 2000, we have a little renaissance. So a lot of people retry to to make wine, retry to plant vineyard, and uh, born a lot of new uh, small cellar. Uh, and I think this now is is the situation. This change, but the quality was uh, i think i was good in the past uh, and now a lot of people understand the quality of the region and uh, try to rebuild a cellar or uh, uh, replant a new a vineyard in the same plot uh, where the vineyard was in the past so is that something that uh, is uh, people are nowadays there's lots of interest in the new interest in the area where you're seeing on a regular basis new people coming in to to revitalize vineyards mm -hmm. yeah yeah so now now the last chef four years ago conterno uh, by the nervi in gattinara and this is was uh, really important for uh, for the region because giacomo conterno is a uh, uh, one of the most famous producers in Italy in the world, uh, and uh, he decided to invest here in uh, in the region. And uh, this is important for um, a lot of people know now the Alto Piemonte region. But uh, before uh, other producer uh, like uh, Proprietà Sperino in Lessona, uh, so Isole Olena, and uh, Christoph Kunz in Piane, and uh, uh, in in Bramaterra region, uh, Le Pianelle, with uh, investor of uh, German investor and uh, uh, other people understand the region and uh, choose to to invest here. Uh, now I think uh, the, the the region is really uh, important. Is really we are in good in a good moment uh, around the world. The people the people speak about Alto Piemonte uh, in the region. Uh, a lot of people understand, but not all the people understand that this is a good region for make wine. So year by year, with uh, the tasting and uh, with uh, uh, different things, the people understand. But uh, I think it's a good uh, good renaissance now. Yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, glad to hear that that's happening because I definitely I, I love this region and the wines. And and speaking about the region, let's let's keep the lens more broad before diving into the specifics of your winery and talk a little bit about 
the the climate. What is the climate like there? What what are the what are the features in the area and and, and regular weather events that will affect uh, each vintage or at least typically affect a vintage? Uh, so the the, the climate uh, it's um, depend a lot of to the to the influence of the mountain. So we are close to the mountain. So normally uh, in this region we have a lot of. Um, a lot of rain uh, than uh, Barolo, so normally the double of the rain of the Lange region, and uh, the climate normally in the during the winter it's uh, hot than Barolo or the Lange, and during the summer it's uh, colder because the, the mountain uh, covered to the wind and covered to the uh, give a influence to the we 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 don't have a a lot of difference of temperature during the year. So, okay, the summer is hotter, this, the, 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 the winter is cold, but uh, uh, less than the other region. So the, the temperature don't change uh, with a lot like at the other, other place. No, <laughs> sorry for my English, but I think it's, it's uh, easy to understand. Oh, absolutely. Your English is way better than my Italian. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> And uh, so now the, the climate change because um, when when I speak with my father or with the ancient people here uh, during the 80s the 90s uh, year was uh, really difficult to make wine with uh, uh, 12 degree uh, of alcohol potential uh, because the rain was more and uh, in the past year was one of the the place in Italy where where we have more rain. Uh, and snow. Now mm, this year uh, it's uh, around two months without uh, two months without rain. The climate changed during the summer. Uh, now we have uh, we have not not a lot not hot temperature, but uh, the problem is uh, uh, when we have the rain. Normally we don't have only rain, but a lot of time we have rain and a little bit of hail. So it's. Um, it change so it's not a uh, normal rain but it's rain with uh, wind with fast wind and uh, it's, it's more tro- tropical climate now and uh, we it, it change but uh, the last vintage so since 2000 uh, was uh, all all the vintage was good when because uh, when you when you talk about when you talk with uh, ancient people here he say okay but the, the, the last vintage was easy in the past uh, we pick the grape in November. Now we pick the grape at the end of September or in, or in the beginning of October. So it's uh, it change, change, uh, change a lot of a lot of things. I think. Yeah. Wow. So uh, speaking about the hail, do you guys do anything in the vineyards to protect the the vines, or are you just uh, are at the mercy of of the weather? Not not at the moment. Not at the moment. At the moment uh, we don't have. Uh, net or a different thing but we think about uh, we think about this i don't know now it's um a different uh, sellers uh, try to to use the net uh, and um, for cover the for cover the hail and we think it's a good solution but uh, depending because uh, the the the, uh, the the plant uh, so in the in the space where you have the grape and the leaf uh, with the net, we have more uh, humidity, so uh, we try to to understand if uh, is uh, the the best solution, and we try to understand if 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 it's the only solution for the for the problem of fail. We hope in the next uh, vintage without aid, but uh, mm, the 2020 norm that we we have a hail in September. In in the past, we don't see the hail in September. This year we have uh, in a different place uh, we have hail, 
for three times. So it's not is unusual. So we we try to to understand what's the the future of uh, this problem. Totally understand. Well, I I definitely hope that uh, you know you can avoid hell altogether. <laughs> I'm sure that that's what you all. Yeah, but. Uh, I think it's it's a problem in general. So in Bourgogne or Chablis, it's difficult to make wine because uh, because we have the frost in April or in, uh, in the spring. We have the same problem in 2017. This year in the spring was uh, cold, but not cold uh, like frost. So every year uh, we, we try to work with this problem. And it's not easy, but uh, year by year we try to, to understand. Uh, the, climate, the climate change, it's... Uh, it's real, so it's not. Uh, uh, it's real. So if you if you work with the, with the nature, you you understand. Yeah, I say if you don't believe in climate change, talk to someone who farms the land. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's talk about the soils for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's there's a good range of of soils, and and you you make two different wines that come from mm-hmm. uh, two, two different parts. But just in general, what are the soils like there, and uh, and how did they form? geologically and and then how does it affect the 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 vines and the wine so the soil the i think one of the most important thing about the soil is the ph so the ph of our soil is acid so it's totally different than the ph of uh, lange region because in the lange region and a lot of different places in italy the ph is basic so the the availability of the micro elements uh, in the in the roots is different, and so in the in the grape uh, is the, the grape uh, growth and the the, the the vines growth is different. The the different is really ancient uh, soil. Then I'm not an um, expert in soil, so I'm not a geologist or uh, different. So I, I I I say what I what I heard to the other people. So our soil it's volcanic, uh, not in all the Alto Piemonte, but the but the best place, the, the most of the of the place is volcanic. It's the 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 important thing. It's uh, you can find a different soil uh, in a short distance. So we are we are, we have the the cellar in the, in the village of Masserano. Masserano is one of the seven uh, village of the Bramaterra uh, denomination. We are close to Lessona. We are the last uh, hill of the Bramaterra. We are close to Lessona. In Lessona, you can find a sandy soil. So you can find a fossil in the vineyard. And uh, is uh, sandy and uh, really is um, yellow soil, really yellow. Here in Masserano, the other place in Cotignano, where we have the cellar and we have a vineyard, the vineyard where we produce the Bramaterra, we have a red soil, a rich of iron with porphyric rocks. And uh, it's crazy because it's totally different. But you have the same the same difference in, in Gattinara. Gattinara is more sandy than the region here in Masserano, but uh, in, it's, it's, it's porphyric. So under the soil, one meter under the soil, you can find uh, rocks. Uh, and the same in another another plots of Bramaterra. So um, I think uh, it's really interesting. Now it's really hard to understand uh, and. Um, it's important for the producer to, to to communicate about the soil because all the producer of the same denomination make different wine because the soil is totally different, and uh, it's totally different because it's it's created when when the when the now now it's not easy to, for me in English to, to to explain but when the mountain the the create the mountain so the the I don't know in English to to understand so but it's uh, 
it's really ancient uh, and uh, um, the part uh, in the past when where the soil was uh, to the to the center of the of the earth now it's uh, to the atmosphere so um, this is the um, this is the reason because it's really uh, different in a small distance so it's, i don't know if uh, if it's, if it's clear oh yeah definitely absolutely yeah that's that's very interesting when I, when studying this region that was one of the the most uh, interesting parts for me is just to learn about like you said you could kind of go uh, down the road and they have different soils and and that obviously affects uh, the, the the wines which we'll talk about in a little bit how many producers are currently in the region D- did you mention that earlier i think around uh, around 50 50 60 producer i think Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's uh, then every year we have new new small producer maybe start to 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 work in the vineyard but uh, I think producer with his label it's around 60 60 producer 60 five, five, 50 to 70 producer. And then next month it'll be even more, right? Mm, maybe maybe. <laughs> um so let's let's dive into the specifics of of your winery. Um Mm-hmm. We kind of give a good uh, broad generalization of the area. So, how did you how did you first how did your 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 family first choose the sites to grow? Was it by chance, or were the sites chosen intentionally, where you were able to have the opportunity to go? This is the site we want to work with, or this is just what we ended up getting. No, it's totally it's not intentionally uh, because. Uh, um, in 1992, when I when I born, my my father and my mother bought uh, the our house, uh, the house of the family uh, here in Massarano. My father is born in Lesona. My mother is uh, the same in Lesona, and uh, he find this uh, this ancient uh, uh, cascina, and um, he restored. In in this moment, my father working in the rice industry, and. Um, he don't want to to make wine, so he buy the he buy the, the so the, the, the this this place this uh, this house with the land and the land in the land we have two small vineyards. Uh, during the year during this year, my father uh, tried to to make wine and uh, he understand the, the potential of the wine and uh, uh, he stopped working in the rice industry and uh, he start to work. Uh, in the um, in the industry of the wine, so uh, he, he worked uh, to ninety six to zero five in uh, in Antoniolo cellar in Gattinara for understand the vinification, for understand the viticulture in general. And uh, so our our vineyard is not chosen internationally because if you want to choose the, the place uh, in, um, with, with your your idea, you can have a, a lot of money. <laughs> and so we we don't have a lot of we we can't buy what what you what we want. So uh, we have uh, it's only all all is a is a chance. So my father rent another vineyard in Roasio in two thousand five. And um, he, he built a new vineyard here uh, near the near the house. Uh, we built a vineyard in um, in in a, in a land of a friend of my father in Lesona. And year by year, so you have um, you have if you have the opportunity to to make uh, to 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 build a vineyard to restore the vineyard or, or rent a vineyard, uh, you have uh, you try to to make this. So it's not uh, we don't choose, but. Uh, uh, we try to make the best uh, in the vineyard where we have. 
Oh, I think you absolutely do. And and whether or not you chose it or not, I think you were very fortunate to uh, be able to, uh, you know, work with what you work with. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy. I'm absolutely happy. Yeah. So speaking about uh, the grapes that you grow, mm-hmm. you already spoke a little bit about uh, Vespolino. What are some of the what are some of the other varietals that you grow? Obviously, we're, we're everyone's going to know the, the most common one, Nebbiolo. But um, are there some other varietals that you grow as well, too? Yeah, we, we work with Nebbiolo, Vespolina, and Croatina. It's three varieties. And um, uh, the characteristic is, uh, so we have uh, Nebbiolo, okay, every, um, all the people love wines know Nebbiolo. So uh, Nebbiolo here, here in uh, Alto Piemonte is different uh, in, than the, the Langer. is more uh, elegant, more uh, fruity. So we have, we, we have more elegance and acidity, not the power of the other region. Uh, Vespolina is interesting because it's, uh, um, it's uh, at the nose, uh, it's spicy and is uh, really uh, spicy with, with uh, good acidity. Crotina have more structure, uh, more structure color, structure tannins, uh, and um, help uh, in the blending for the body. Okay. How many how many wines do you produce? I, I've had I've had four different wines uh, of yours: the Lasona, the Bramatera, the Vespolina, and the the Coste de la Cesia. Are those exactly. the four wines you produce? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I produce uh, these um, these four wines exactly. Terrific. So, um, the if you were to if you were to uh, sit down with someone and, and have a glass of, for example, the Lesona and the Bramatera side by side, mm-hmm. how would how would they dis- present differently in the glass and and how does their individual terroirs uh reflect that okay the, fir- the first difference uh, is the the the, the of the of the the two the, the two wines because in the sauna the denomination you can make the sauna with totally nebbiolo so the denomination you can make 85 percent of nebbiolo or more so we we make the sauna with uh totally nebbiolo and um, and uh, you can feel uh, in it. so normally the color is uh, is we have less color we have uh, the sensation of the nose is more uh, fresh because our our vineyard Lesona is a fresh vineyard and uh, it's um, more um, uh, balsamic uh, and uh, um, with uh, small red fruit uh, in the palate uh, the the wine is uh, really straight it's not it's not a not don't have a big big body but uh, Straight with uh, we we try to to have a good maturation of the tannins to make wine with a full body but strength with a good acidity so good acidity and good drinkability. Bramaterra um, for the denomination we have we have eighty percent of Nebbiolo and the other twenty percent is different is uh, divided to Vespolina and Cratina so the color is more uh, we have more color um, the, at the nose we have. Uh, the, the spicy sensation of the Vespolina and uh, the um, mineral part of the soil of Pramaterra, so with the uh, sensation of iron, the minerals. In the body is more, um, we have more body, so the wine more complex, more uh, more tannins. Uh, but with uh, the same good acidity for have uh, drinkability. So this is the difference to the two. Terrific. Um, 
So uh, let's let's talk about your little your uh, your your relationship with Cristiano Garella. So obviously, uh, both of your family names are on the, on the bottle. How did the partnership come to be? Yeah, but Cristiano was was a friend. We we play football together, and uh, and then in in the region we don't not a lot of uh, young people uh, working in the wine uh, industry. So my father knew Cristiano before. And then Cristiano in 2009 and 2010, um, I, I, I helped Cristiano during the, the harvest. Cristiano in this period working for Tenuta Sella. And Cristiano showed me a lot of different things about vinification and uh, um, talked to me with, uh, for, for the, the importance of the soil, for the importance of the different vineyard. Uh, and say, uh, normally, in, the, in 2009 and 10 was the, my first year to to understand for to tasting uh, the the wine to understand the region and uh, he say a lot of different times he say for me Alto Piemonte we, we can make uh, uh, one of the best wines in the world here so uh, study and uh, study and go in the vineyard uh, try the wines every day try to understand the different. Uh, Specific of the of uh, our vineyard and uh, and so this uh, we we met in in this in this uh, in this case during during the harvest and uh, after uh, was an idea to 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 make uh, to to make wine together because uh, in this period I was young and I, I don't have a lot of experience. Cristiano showed me a lot of different things, so uh, was my my dream to 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 make a. a wine together for for make wine with our philosophy and um, and so we start in 2010 and now we are we continue to make wine so it's i think it's a uh, it's good that's terrific so you said he taught you a lot what uh, what was one of the first lessons that you learned that uh, really opened your eyes um it, the, the during the first time, I don't understand everything. When I come to Alba, when I go to Alba for studying, uh, and uh, uh, with me in the in, in my in my classroom, I have Vaira uh, uh, from Barolo, I have uh, Oten from uh, Valle d'Aosta, uh, and together uh, we go uh, in, in a lot of different cellar to to taste, to understand the other vineyard, the other wines. And when I taste the wines from the Lange, uh, I understand, okay, this is the one of the best wine in Italy. And uh, for me, uh, the wines from Alto Piemonte is not so different. The quality is not less quality. It's different. Uh, it's different uh, uh, tasting. It's different, um, different wines, but not with less quality. The quality... The, the potential is the same. Now, in the Lange, the people make wine a lot of fear with the same quality, so it's different. We, we, we have a lot a lot of uh, improvement to make, but um, I understand, okay, we have the quality, we have the, the potential for make great, great wines here. Terrific. Um, so you also work with, do I see that you work with your brother as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Guglielmo. Guglielmo, Guglielmo studied, Guglielmo have, uh, is um, born in 1996, so I have uh, four years uh, less, uh, less than me. And um, he, he studied in, 
he studied in, uh, in Alba, like me, in university, and uh, we work together. So now he understands uh, the different things. He, he has experience in Bourgogne, so he worked for David Duban, and um, it's, um, I think it's, uh, it's interesting in the future to, to, to make wine together, free enologist for, with three different ideas, and I think it's, uh, it's important. That's terrific. And my next question was actually to ask you about, do you look outside the region for inspiration? Um, and it sounds yeah. like absolutely, yes, you do. So how often do you, are you constantly checking out other regions and what's going on there to, and then bringing it and applying it back to what you do? Yeah, it, it, the, the, one of the most important things when you, when you produce wine is to taste the wine from the other producer and from the other region for understand. And because uh, you have maybe you have different uh, um, different uh, grapes, but uh, you can experience to uh, to 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 see to to um, to the other other wines, you know. So when you when in Bourgogne you work with um, uh, all the grapes with uh, with don't these stems, maybe we can try to to make a, a in the cellar a different vinification for make for for try to. To have the same sensation in the wine, no. So I think it's important to to, to taste and to try because maybe um, you can make a, a great great um, Nebbiolo with a different uh, vinification. So it's uh, it's important to to taste and to um, to taste it and to to try to try every year to to make uh, the best wine the best wine. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so. Let's talk a little bit about your farming practices and and you know why you do them and why you think they matter in the overall production of your wine. Um, I think one of the, the most important thing it's uh, um, like in the in the in the vineyard uh, and in the cellar is uh, uh, don't make uh, something if you don't need something. No, uh, so um, if you if you don't if if the in in the vineyard we don't want to to use. Uh, um uh, a lot of chemical products if you don't have uh you do if you don't need so if you can cut if you can cut the the grass you don't use herbicide or different things and the same uh, with the systemic uh, um uh, with, with with the with the chemical products so if you don't have uh, if you don't need to use this, don't use it. And this is the same in the in the in the cellar. So if you do, if the, the wines don't need addition or of uh, of different things, you don't add something. You if if the wine don't need the the pump over of don't need to move. Okay, the wine stay here. If the wine is good, okay, try to to conserve the quality. Okay, in the in the cellar, in the vineyard and and in the cellar, the most important thing is to the tasting. So every, all the years you taste the wine, you understand the wine. Now is in a good moment for for make the uh, this operation. Now is not in a good moment. So uh, you can uh, taste it when the wine is ready to to go in the in the in the botti or in the barrique, and you taste when the wine is ready to leave this. Uh, the barrique or botti. And in the vineyard, it's the same, to work with the respect of the nature. And I think it's important for, uh, for, um, for, for the production, for, for everything, for the environment, for everything. And I think it's, this is, you, can, you can feel this in the wine. So the wine is really typical 
is not you can you, you feel you feel uh, the the sensation you feel the, the sensation of Alto Piemonte so it's typical and uh, uh, so it's not not easy to to explain for me but I think it, no, so it's clear for you uh, the yes yeah absolutely clear okay. so do you think this is the general consensus in in the region um, you know where people believe that this is a way that, that the land should be farmed yeah yeah I, I think i think a lot of a lot of people understand these um, the, the viticulture change uh, 20 years ago what was not what this is not this is not the the idea but now a lot of the, a lot of producer uh, try to make uh, a typical wine from the, this region and don't try to make wine here like in another place so uh, try to conserve the quality of the region and in this in the vineyard i see uh, a lot of respect for the environment in all of all in the the, the big part of the vineyard of alto piemonte terrific terrific i like to hear that um so I promised Stevie that we would have some fun, uh, you know, in the learning objective. So this next question is going to lead more towards the fun side of things. If, mm-hmm. if you could make wine, let's say you weren't making wine uh, at Colombera and Garella. If you could make wine in one region outside of the Alto Piemonte, it can be in Italy or anywhere in the, else in the world right now, but you only had to choose one place. Where would it be and why? It's a, it's a hard question. Uh, maybe maybe Bourgogne, it's easy to, to answer, but I think it's... Um, a good place for make wine now, it's I think it's Yura. I'm really interesting in this wine. I taste a lot of this wine, and uh, in the future I want to 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 go and to understand better the region. And uh, it's a dream, but maybe I don't know. But I, I taste the wine, and I think um, I think it's uh, it's similar than Alto Piemonte. No, it's uh, it's close to 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 region like Bourgogne or uh, other important region. It's an underdog now. Now it's it's famous. Now a lot of people uh, speak about Yura and uh, his wine, the Savagnin, the oxidation, uh, the, the 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 Chardonnay is different than the Chardonnay of of the Burgundy, but have uh, really good quality. And um, the, the the red wine from uh, from Yura is uh, similar in uh, in different aspect in the wine in the red wine of Alto Piemonte because. Uh, you work only on the on the freshness of on the elegance and not on the full body, no? Like the pulsar or trousseau. So it's interesting. Yeah, I can say that uh, when I go to a restaurant and I'm on a, a typically on a budget, and mm-hmm. I want to get a nice bottle of wine, and it's not Italian wine, and it's not your wine, mm-hmm. Giacomo. I I typically mm-hmm. look to the Jura uh, for for wines. I mean, I love pulsard. Um, I'm excited to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, I think uh, we we love this this style, so it's uh, it's easy to this answer. Yeah, I, I I can I can definitely wholeheartedly agree. Okay, so uh, you talked a little, you touched a little bit earlier on your your time at the university um, in Alba. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that you knew you wanted to do early on, or is it something that you kind of just uh, you know? fell into after some other interests no i i try i try because in 2010 uh, um i work only i help only my father but uh, i'm not uh, i'm not the passion of the wine in this in this, this moment i have passion of football a passion of different things but not of the wine um and so i try because uh, in school uh, I, I, I i was uh, good in uh, math or in uh, scientific part but uh, not 
uh, I don't know. In this moment, I I don't know, and so I I, I try to 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 understand more the the, the viticulture and the enology, and, uh, and then maybe maybe I I make this decision because uh, I think my father was happy about this, so uh, was happy to see one of his uh, his son to try to make uh, the same, and uh, it, it was for this. Then after this. Uh, and uh, and then uh, the, the the world change uh, um, and you I prefer I prefer make a dinner with wine than to go in the disco. So this then it's uh, uh, was the was this what was for this. But uh, I think it's um, it was I make a good decision in the past. Terrific. Yeah, and uh, you're you're happy you're happy now, and that's all that matters. No, I'm I'm, I'm happy now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of the winery, do you have, do you have plans in the future for, for projects in the region beyond what you presently do, or is, is you kind of, this is where you're at and you're happy at this production level? No, no, um, now I think it's, it's important. I I have a different, uh, not different, but I have a project. Now we buy some land, some, some forest uh, here close to the, to the, to the cellar and uh, in Lesona, uh, because, um, we have a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of. Um, you can find a lot of different places here for for build a vineyard, and uh, we wanted to to we try to to build a new vineyard uh, for um, uh, near close to the to the to the cellar for um, in a good plot for for make uh, uh, different uh, another another Bramatera or another Lesona uh, for. Uh, uh, try to make wine in a different vineyard and uh, to pres- to make two different Bramatera maybe in the future or two different Lesona because the people it's easy to, for the people to understand the difference of the soil uh, and the different vineyard. So this is the the project for the future. Terrific. So speaking of the of the cellar, uh, mm-hmm. what do you do in the cellar after the after harvest? Are you using uh, stainless steel or are you using oak? Uh, we use uh, we use all the different materials because when you don't have uh, a lot of money for buy the new the new set the new tank you buy when you when you find you know so we use uh, concrete because we buy concrete uh, five years ago when the concrete is not uh, uh, a trend and so we buy a used concrete and we use we use the concrete for the fermentation of Nebbiolo. Uh, then we use uh, fiberglass and uh, inox for the fermentation of Nebbiolo for Costa della Sesia or for uh, Vespolina and Crotina. The, um, the wood, so the, the barrick and botti, we use only for the aging of the wines. So it's, um, we, normally we make the fermentation. After the fermentation, we blend the, the different wine or the different varieties uh, in Bramatera and in Costa della Sesia. We wait the the natural malolactic uh, in the spring after the the harvest, and after the malolactic we add a little bit of sulfites, and the wines go in the in the botti or or used barrique or used tonneau. Perfect. So uh, I'm looking at uh, four of your uh, I, I I have some uh, some wines in my uh, possession right now, and I'm looking at your labels. Mm-hmm. Who designed your labels? Uh, the, the the brother of uh, the brother of Cristiano Daniele, because um, um, when when uh, we started in 2010 to make wine, then in 2013 we arrive at the moment. Okay, we don't have the label, so 
what what's the the inspiration of about the label and uh, with with Cristiano with my family we think about uh, okay we are a traditional place but we are uh, but is uh, now is a renaissance and we are a young uh, seller so we try to make uh, uh, the, the 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 tradition uh, but the the young so it's, it, i think it's not uh, um um a ev label so with uh, tradition tradition or it's a, i think it's a, it's a good balance to tradition and uh, young idea of wine uh, I think is is not hipster, but is not uh, tra- tradition or boring uh, label. I I think you nailed it. I think that's exactly what mm. I, I get from mm. it. It's a little little uh, ode to the uh, tradition, but still something fresh and new. And I really like it. And I like that they're slightly different colors, uh, kind of earth tone mm. colors for each of the bottling. I think that's really uh, fitting of the wines. Yeah, the idea in Bramatera and Lesona, it's the, the color of the soil. So you see the Lesona is uh, yellow, like the sandy soil in Lesona, and Bramatera is red, like the red soil here in Bramatera. Uh, Costa de la Sesia is green because it's in the past it was more gray, but uh, the typography is not every year make the same colors. But okay, but this is uh, uh, the idea is to, to, to work with the color of the soil. So it's a collective, uh, you know, work. Everyone at the winery pitches in for the marketing, as that sounds like. Mm. Um, all right. So uh, let's have some more fun. Uh, and I'll ask mm-hmm. you the next question. What's one of your favorite places in your vineyards that you feel very lucky to visit every time you're there? Uh, I think at the top of the vineyard here in uh, in Cotignano, uh, in the top of the vineyard, uh, uh, you can see uh, the same uh, view of the label. So you see the the, the house with the cellar, and uh, behind behind you see the the mountain. So in, normally in a in a winter day, uh, when when the, you have a sunny day in the winter, when you have the the snow on the on the mountain, it's a really it's a really beautiful view, and uh, you see we I see a lot all all the different. So you see the the vineyard, the new vineyard. You see the the, the house. You see you see the history of the of the cellar, and uh, you understand. Okay, we are in Alto Piemonte. We are close to the mountain. We have the vineyard. We have uh, the the house of the family. So it's a uh, it's a good place. Wow, I wish I wish I could visit. Um, and speaking mm-hmm. of which, does does the winery receive visitors? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we receive it behind. Before I, I want a call because uh, uh, not all not all day I'm in the I'm in the, in the cellar. Maybe I'm uh, I'm uh, in the vineyard or maybe I make uh, something in my free time. But uh, if you if you call before, uh, for me it's a pleasure to to visit the cellar. It's important for for us to to visit it, to to talk about the wines. Uh, and to talk about the region is important because uh, the people uh, can understand the different the, the the soil. It's not only wine; it's history. It's uh, it's history of the the region. It's uh, a lot of different things. It's important to speak about the wine and speak about, uh, in particular, in this region. Uh, it's important the visit in the cellar. Okay. Um, how about another fun question? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a fond memory of a harvester experience experience working at the winery? Um, maybe some some story, some crazy story that happened during a harvest, or something with your your uh, 
your friend Cristiano or, or your your brother or your father that happened that uh, that you like to share? Yeah, but I have a different uh, crazy story, but normally it's uh, with the wines because when you when you drink more wine, a lot of wine, normally you have a lot of story. But I think uh, interest things interest, interest things it's uh, during the the harvest. Um, in, during the, the Sunday, during the, after, the harvest, we make a party with family and friends, with Cristiano, his girlfriend, with my my friends and, and my family. And we we pick up the grape only in the morning. We press together. Uh, we make a small uh, a small tank uh, to start the fermentation. And after this, we uh, eat together. So 25, 30 people. And we have a party. We drink uh, different wine. Uh, every every friends uh, bring the different wine to taste blind tasting. Uh, and sometimes uh, people present uh, uh, my wine in blind tasting, and I I <laughs> I don't uh, I don't uh, recognize my wine. So it's uh, uh, I think it's a good moment during the every year every harvest. In a good harvest or in a bad harvest? Yeah, I can imagine. Any any time spent with friends or family, especially these days, is uh, is definitely mm-hmm. to be cherished. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah, because that, it's, it's crazy days. It's crazy days because uh, normally you are stressed. Uh, you don't uh, don't uh, sleep uh, a lot of hour. You finish uh, in the night and you restart in the early morning. So it's. Uh, it's a it's a good moment with, with with every okay it's it's a good part of the work. Yes, totally. Well, Giacomo, it has been my absolute pleasure to uh, be able to interview you today. I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of your wines. I look forward to drinking many more bottles and one day soon visiting you at the winery. Thank you, thank you very much. I, I wait you here in the cellar and uh, sorry for maybe not all is clear, but uh, <laughs> I try to make the the best. You're you're making me want to go back and, and study my Italian textbooks even more because uh, your English it was was excellent. So thank you, and I'm going to hand this the room back over to Stevie. Stevie, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I um, I love the Ambassadors Corner because I get to discover new wineries. Because I don't know about you, Kevin, but like sometimes I feel like. I know plenty of producers, but I end up drinking always more or less the same wine. Um, I mean, my repertoire is pretty, you know, um, large, uh, but I have never even uh, met, of course, Giacomo, but I'm on his website now. And I was going to ask actually the same question about the label, because I do believe his label is very smart, right? You, you can't put it... Um, you can't put your finger on it, but he explained it very well about the soil, the, I, I guess, the declination of the very shades of the soils for the label. I thought that's very interesting. So, Giacomo, I do have one question. I know we don't have very much time, but can you tell us, like, the production size of your wines? Like, how many bottles do you produce? We we produce uh, around uh, uh, 25,000 bottles. Uh, we are a small... In total? Uh, one- in total, yes, yes. Oh my goodness! So we we're just gonna have to raid your cellar very soon. Where do you distribute your? And you have I see on your website you have four labels. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I have four labels. We make uh, 
Vespolina is called Vispavola. Then we make uh, Costa della Sesia Rosso, is our easy wine, fresh wine, uh, like with Nebbiolo and Croatina and Vespolina. And then we make the two our important wine, is Bramaterra and Lessona. So if um, we should start with, you know, we don't, we are unfamiliar with your wines. Which wine should we start with when we, I guess we're the most familiar with, of course, Barolo, Barbaresco, etc., even Barbera and Dolcetto. Which wine would you point us as the first wine to try to kind of give an idea of what the what the look and feel of your winery is like? I think uh, the Costa de la Sesia. If I were to choose one wine, which one would you suggest? I think uh, Costa de la Sesia is the first wine that you can can try because. Uh, is uh, typical from the is typical from Alto Piemonte, but it's um, easy. So it's uh, we, we try to make wine with drinkability to pairing with food and um, have a balance to acidity and fruity. So you can uh, you can uh, match with a lot of different uh, food. It's really gastronomic and uh, it's it's uh, easy wine, but uh, really it's really uh, important to understand the region to understand the style of the wine because it's. Uh, is Nebbiolo, like Barolo, Barbaresco, or Lange Nebbiolo, but uh, it's uh, with uh, with uh, it's more it's different because we don't we don't have the same power, but we have elegance and freshness and drinkability. Okay. Do you where do you work? I know, of course, in Italy we can probably find your wine readily online, although you have a small production. What about uh, it stateside in America? Where? How do we get your wines? My wines in America is distributed to Porto Vino, and I think it's uh, we work we work in all the state of uh, United States, and um, I think more in uh, New York region or uh, in a mark, big market of the wine in the United States. And uh, normally, I think uh, I know working very well in uh, in a good restaurant in a good uh, enoteca. So I'm really, I'm really happy about the work of our uh, importer. Yeah, because I'm looking at, you know, of course, uh, your prices online in Italy, and it's very affordable. So I, I can't wait to try um, one of your wines very soon. Maybe we can do it with Kevin together at Vinitaly. So Giacomo, thank you so much. Kevin, great, great pick. I loved it. I think we've learned so much. And just to say, just to tell everybody tomorrow, don't forget to come back. Same time, we have an um, interview from Sarah Bray with Brancaya, and that's with Barbara Whitman. That's tomorrow. So come back tomorrow. That's on the other channel, Wine Business. Thank you so much, you guys. Ciao, ragazzi. Grazie. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitaly International Wine and Spirits Exhibition, the biggest drinks trade fair in the world. Remember to subscribe to Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com. Hi, guys. 
guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.